Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Chronicles. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the Crypto Hipster, where from the period of time of March 2021 through June 2022, I interviewed 182 founders, executives, entrepreneurs, artists, and authors from over 50 different countries and built a global audience in 165 countries while posting and producing my podcast at the Irish Tech News platform. Since then, I realized there's a lot of incredible content in the interviews that I had and my interviews with thought leadership podcast interviews that had amazing gems, amazing gems from um, all the guests that I was able to interview. And so I've chosen and decided to create the uh, Crypto Hipsters Chronicles series, which is a series of the gems, the, the little tiny pieces from each of the interviews that I had in the areas of Bitcoin, Ethereum, metaverses, NFTs, regulatory issues in crypto globally, art, and you name it across the wide spectrum of different verticals in blockchain and crypto industry and in fintech and mobility and sustainability as well. Uh, these are about 15 minutes long, each uh, chronicle, and has three, four, or five different segments from different interviews. So I hope you enjoy them. Uh, I hope you have uh, learned a lot. And if you'd like to um, listen to the full podcasts, they are available online at both the Irish Tech News um, and on Anchor. And uh, in a future date, will be available on the Crypto Hipsters station as well. So please enjoy and uh, talk to you soon. Hello and welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Chronicles episode 31. Funds, crypto banks, and direct investments. Doing DeFi in different ways. This interview is a compilation of four discussions with the first is Rui Zhang, who's the co-founder of Gummy Cryptos. Second, Aldemaro Fonseca, who is the head advisor at NTL Wealth. Third, Pedro Torres, who is the chief technology officer at Rosan Finance. And fourth is Paulius Stankovicius, who is the founder of Stankovicius MGM Corp. Enjoy. What's the experimental age? You know, what is that? Uh, what do you foresee in the experimental age? Yeah. So uh, that's actually a quote from my partner, uh, uh, Nico. So um, it, if you look at the history, there's uh, what happening now in the crypto, in the blockchain sector, actually uh, never been experienced, right? You've never seen a, such a aggressive decentralization move. Uh, uh, and so people are building, whatever people are building are the things that you um, never experienced. So when you're trying something that never observed in the past, then you are experimenting things. So the existing 
uh, so-called maybe web two or internet traditional internet uh, uh, age, right? You already have this uh, um, a kind of a model how you do business, uh, how you collect users, how you treat the uh, kind of uh, distribute the, the values between um, the service providers and the users. Now, uh, people are moving into an age that ownership for the users becomes so important. People are paying attention to that. Um, so the financial sector, even the currencies, out of the control of the government, how the government should take care of that, how, to, how the, uh, the, the current financial system can be migrated or merged together with this um, uh, the new decentralized financial system. So those are the things that you never um, uh, see in the past. So um, right now, everything you're building, you're experimenting, you try and do it, and later um, maybe so-called you know, try and error. So you, you you try it, you failed, you you know you find out what's the problem, you re, you do it again. Um, you change the model, so all the things are experimental. So I think that's the um, uh, how we see why we we call it a experimental age. So you can ask me now about the Cayman Island ponds. Sure, go ahead. Okay, Cayman Island has been one of the main providers of investment funds in the world. This has been the case, I think, forever. The main providers of investment funds are USA, Luxembourg, and Cayman Island. Cayman Island has a great opportunity to have a tax-free investment fund. Companies as big as for example, Alibaba are registered in Cayman Island because of the tax-friendly uh, environment. In, in Cayman Island, you can get a tax exemption for 20 years for your company. Cayman Island has a very solid, uh, well-developed law regarding investment funds. There are all, all sorts of investment funds and you can get license for different type of funds, private funds, public funds, um, regulated and unregulated investment funds. All of these uh, registered and regulated by CIMA, which is the Cayman Island Monetary Authority. And the beauty of a Cayman Island fund is that for one part, in the in the jurisdiction, they are tax-free. There are many banks willing to work with Cayman Island funds. Clients are also appealed by a Cayman Island fund, especially if it's regulated and licensed by CIMA. You can have different kind of investment strategy. You can have a crypto fund where you can basically get people's money to invest in crypto strategies, crypto related strategies. You can also get 
an investment fund for real estate, for investment in stocks. So basically, the the possibilities are wide, are very vast, and it's a very interesting service product to get if you're thinking about offering your business strategy, your investment strategy to the world to invest with you. A follow-up there. So say I wanted to start a Cayman fund, right? I don't have a fund in the U.S. I'm a U.S. citizen I, um, or, you know, or for an Irish citizen, right? We want to start a Cayman fund. How do we do that? We go, we go to you and we ask for help. Um, and is there any, uh, right? Or is there any um, qualifications that we have to meet in order to do that? Or do you help people set that up? Yes, people come to us and they have their own business ideas. They have their own investment strategies. And if they want to work with us, we are able to provide all of this from scratch where we have a full list of investment funds that we can offer, depending on what the strategy of the entrepreneur is, of the client, which idea they have in mind, what kind of investment strategy they want to do, what kind of clients they want to get. If it's a qualified investor or is it a retail investor? Based on all of that, an initial assessment, we prepare uh, an offer. And you you can expect it, sorry, you can expect this offer to be very appealing in terms of cost and maintenance cost in Cayman Islands. I, I must say we, we, we have one of the best prices in the market for Cayman Islands investment funds and so let's look a bit a little bit more about the user experience you know user experience still remains a concern um, I'm teaching my friends all the time how to use wallets and stuff and what they are um, but in addition to simply improving technology what do you think needs what steps do you think needs to happen um, to improve you know uh, experiences you think we need you know um, improve cybersecurity more regulations, education, or combination? I think it's education because in the sense, in the case of crypto, it is actually, you know, if, if you would try to brute force an encryption that would allow you access to your private keys, it will probably take hundreds of billions of years. And yeah, I, I would say hundreds of billions of years. The lifespan of the, the, the lifetime of the universe is like, 14, 15, at least the visible universe. But if people actually look at the complexity of finding um, a hash that matches a 256-bit uh, encryption, they will say, look, we don't need to improve the security itself uh, because it's actually impossible to somebody to find my keys that I control. But that's a problem. You control them. So just like any other human nature, uh, it is quite simple to lose access to your funds 
to misplace them and let somebody hack them or by falling into a scam. So when it comes to security, okay, you can improve consensus algorithms, have different coins that can be mined in a number of different ways, uh, using less electricity, more green, and so on and so forth. Uh, but when it comes to the security of the, of the keys, uh, you know, it's the safest technology that we have there. This is like military grade. Um, when it comes to the human part, yes, we will definitely need more education uh, because first, well, we need to admit that crypto is not as simple as just buying some coins and making some money. It acts actually a huge burden and a huge responsibility. I remember one of uh, one resource that I could recommend to anybody uh, is reading Andreas Antonopoulos, uh, which is a really good educator. Uh, some people perhaps know him as like Bitcoin Jesus because he has this evangelistic approach. Uh, he mentioned that when you buy Bitcoin, you are actually turning yourself into a bank. So with that in mind, think that when you're holding your own funds in your own crypto wallet, you mentioned you're, you know, you're helping your friends set up wallets, you're basically turning your friend into a bank. You know, and just like any other bank, he needs to get his security up to date and make sure that he's allowing people, you know, uh, that he trusts in order to, you know, to to uh, to use that money. The bank is not going to send you some money out of a loan if the bank doesn't do its due diligence and check up on you. So if you're turning yourself into a bank, just be careful to use, you know, who are you sending money to? You know, in the U.S. where I am, it's very different going public you know we have the reg a we have the reg a plus we have the reg c reg d xyz whatever reg there is to create there's a reg you know um and it makes it makes raising in crypto really difficult you know um what do you see as the benefits of an overseas company you know versus the u.s um and isn't it is it true that you know the u.s is the only market that's really relevant or um, how do you see that? Okay. Um, before crypto, I thought that this is a cool market, you know, everything. Um, now, after crypto, maybe I got older or something, but uh, US is very regulated market, you know. And um, I think that in general, like even when we are doing trade business in like this covid items you know we face some difficulties with us customs and us clients because we do asia us trade sometimes china us trade a lot of regulation and it's like and then when we are looking inside the us okay we had many cases with many different things when things didn't work out because of law or something and um it's like it's not good for business you know and maybe not so good for like open openness being open like you know or welcoming in the us this this problem which is like you know like people can sue each other very easily over like basically nothing uh so it's also not so good i think um like companies sue each other over like literally um you didn't put a you know you didn't put a stamp on my box now i'm gonna sue you for like two million usd you know makes no sense whatsoever but it's allowed there so this i think is a problem uh we did not touch us in terms of like being incorporated in the us until until this year we actually opened a branch from our dubai company in the us uh for the medical trade 
Um, so we'll see what's going to happen there. But um, now in terms of the crypto, I think that, yeah, like when people are doing that, they're not people like companies, you know, they're doing these um, um, ICOs, you know, and whatever things they're doing. Uh, there is always some sort of like a limit saying that we are not accepting U.S. investors because we don't have license in the U.S. or like they're not regulated in the U.S. And uh, technically, I mean, I think even if you're in the U.S., you can find the ways how to invest still. Like people not report. Like I think maybe like just like small percentage of all people who actually own crypto, they report like to government or something. Many people don't report. And the same with China. Like uh, for example, there are like companies like let's say clients. Uh, they're like, you know, raising capital or something. And then we always offer them to advertise in China because we have all the Chinese media, but they say China is regulated, not allowed this and that. Well, technically in terms of publishing crypto content on media, we can, uh, and, but then the client's saying like, okay, like even if you publish the, you know, the content media, people cannot uh, invest because they're regulated and stuff. But people do find ways. First of all, China has so much cash. People have so much cash in China. Uh, and like, people also have crypto in China, okay? Because crypto, like, you, you can have uncustodian, uncustodian wallets. People can transfer, you know, without trace, nothing, you know? Um, I mean, you can use Meta, Meta, MetaMask, like, or whatever, you know? It's like nothing. So, I mean, and between people, for like P2P, you can easily buy through cash or like whatever, you know? So, some companies, clients, like, over-exaggerate, you know, that, okay, this China, you cannot have Chinese investors. Of course you can. And, like, huge amount of Chinese, Chinese investors, they invest into this. And the same is with the U.S. people. They find ways and they invest. So in terms of, like, raising capital globally, um, I think it's all possible. In terms of QIC and offshore, that's another thing. Now, for example, Binance, they talk with Dubai. I think I just had a meeting today with um, Bloomberg director. From middle east and uh we discussed and i think binance moving headquarters to dubai or something or they're definitely opening some sort of operation in dubai but i'm not sure about the headquarters but um yeah so um i don't know what kind of regulation they're going to put here but um i think the biggest problem for companies is qic because when they're in specific jurisdiction especially the the one where they have like third uh third uh, party where they manage third party funds like if you have a company and you your company is managing your clients funds you need to have specific license and this license comes from specific jurisdictions you can have this license from like uh, you know average jurisdictions some offshore but it's not going to be so powerful and you may have some banking problems because banks are like going to give you too much headache so if you're going to go a bit in a better country uh to get this license you need to follow protocol of QAC. So whatever money you get, you need to put a form and then the client puts the form and then you show it to your bank or like whatever, you know? So uh, this QAC thing, sometimes complicated for people. But, you know, uh, what I learned in the last, I don't know how many years, is that whatever you do, you can always go around and uh, you can make it professional, you know? So technically, um, I think it's like a bit mess, messy with all these regulations and everything and people crying a lot. But uh, the ones who see the project potential, regardless of whichever jurisdiction they live or whatever, they find a way how to invest. It does not matter. Um, yeah, they find a way all, all the time.
uh, yeah, so on general picture, um, yeah, there's regulation. And even if you're onshore, it's going to touch you, I think. But uh, if you're raising capital, then you should not limit yourself to like, like, okay, we're not going to advertise in the US. Like you should still advertise in the US because there's still audience there. And even, for example, those US people who, let's say, have money and they want to put into crypto, it's a very high chance that they have also another passport. So even if you advertise in the US and they live in the US, but if they have another passport, they still can invest. So there are different ways, you know. 